Welcome everyone to another Azure Centering podcast. Today we're going to be talking about our experience of Ignite uh, 2020, uh, what is the difference that we saw, what is the news, and as usually, as you already see my uh, our podcasts, I have my um, my partner in crime, Angelos. So Andrew, um, this year uh, it's a different year that we're seeing a lot of times, right? And oh, yeah. it was a, a different year from the rest because our Ignite, that is our week of geekness, first was convert in three days, basically, mm. um, was 24 hours and it was virtual. So what was your experience? Because you've been on Ignite. I've been talking to you a lot of times about those events and you experienced the both worlds. You did, yeah. I think, one or two times to Ignite as, a, um, as an attendee, right? Um, mm -hmm. And now you've been participating on Ignite as well as an attendee, but on a virtual. Uh, virtual. What's your opinion of to this year Ignite's? So I have actually this year I have a kind of a mixed thing, but it's really more about personal items for me. So for me, um, you know, honestly, I missed the T-shirts. Um, <laughs> I have a bit of a reputation to uphold. I haven't had to buy an undershirt for many years. And uh, yeah, actually, they, they have some good T-shirts. First of all, they're really soft and comfortable. If you've never been to a Microsoft event, the quality of T-shirt is second to none. <laughs> so are you saying that you saying that you are missing the swag? Is that is I, that that, I, that you are missing? Honestly, <laughs> I do. I miss I miss the swag, but um, really, it's about uh, you know as much as we do that you, the swag thing, and man, do we do the swag thing. But uh, I miss the personal interaction. So uh, I like to shake hands. I'm not a big hugger, but. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in the Microsoft world that uh, are really close friends to me. And, uh, you know, we all have our personal ups and downs in life. But uh, the Microsoft family is really that. It's family. And, uh, you know, for you, uh, you and I are here for each other through, you know, not just professional challenges and questions that we have, but also uh, personal challenges. So uh, it. For me, it's important to maintain that relationship uh, with different people. So for me, that was a bit hard. Um, I am a face-to-face -face guy for that. However, I will say Microsoft did go above and beyond, and they really made a huge effort to bridge that gap. So I think a lot of people feel the way I do about it. I've talked with lots of different people. Some people loved Ignite. Some people did not love it so much. But I fall somewhere in the middle. So for me, I know it's a personal perception thing. I missed, uh, you know, shaking hands and saying hello and, and seeing people. But on the other hand, during these tough times with COVID, um, I don't want to shake a lot of hands. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, video I have to, chat. I have to agree with you. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we have like, they talk about the circle of friends, like five or six or 10 people or something. And, you know, you just have to be careful. You have to have people you trust um, that, you know, are uh, not going to make like kids sick or, 
Uh, like, you know, recently I was to visit my mom, so I don't want to make my mom sick. Uh, but you know, it's, it's things like that. We just have to think of others and, you know, it's easy to get wrapped up in our own day to day. But yeah. before I dive down that whole path again, um, I just want to say, I do think Microsoft did a good job. I thought the Q and a, uh, portions were really cool. So as, uh, Microsoft certified trainers, both of us, um, we had opportunity to sign up to answer questions and sessions. And I thought the people doing it actually did a really great job. Um, and I thought uh, also uh, it was nice because Microsoft used Teams and they used lots of technology to support closing that personal gap. So video chats and uh, open Q&As. Uh, and there was a few one-on-ones. So, I mean, really, if I wanted to uh, chase a bunch of swag and, you know, get a free ball cap or whatever, um, you know, you could book time with a vendor rep to talk to them on Teams, uh, one-to-one video chat, just like you and I doing today. And, uh, you know, then I, I talk to them about how I use their technology or what sales opportunities I might represent for them. And then, uh, you know, they send me my awesome ball cap, right? But um, I think it uh, it was a really good way to bridge that gap while we have to be safe and be apart a little bit. Um, and honestly, uh, video chat uh, saved both of us through COVID. Um, you know, we got to chat with other people and have a virtual beer and all those kinds of things. So, yeah. you know, we can keep our life as normal as we can, uh, but at the same time, staying safe. Um, yeah. So, you know, all of these things are very important and you just, you have to figure out where it fits for you. Uh, but for us, uh, you know, your original question, as I often do get sidetracked here, but <laughs> uh, uh, was, did I like Ignite this year? Yeah, I did. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. So a virtual conference for the first time ever uh, as Ignite. And I thought they, they pulled it off, man. They really did. Uh, I thought they did a good job. And I know yeah. um, a lot of people uh, I follow from Microsoft with the Ignite teams, uh, not the least of which uh, maybe a shout out for another podcast here too, Patch and Switch. <laughs> but yes. um you know they they were uh really public about some of the challenges that they had and how they got through them and i thought that that was really cool because uh you know uh, we get to see microsoft people using uh, microsoft and other technologies to bridge these gaps and how they're solving problems yeah and gives you know normal guys like us ideas on how we can scale that up and solve business problems too for our clients yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what it's about, right? Is uh, fixing things, solving problems and making stuff work. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it was a challenge. I, I'm glad. I'm really glad that they didn't cancel. Uh, mm. I was afraid of that because Ignite was always been uh, a presence, um, a presence environment um, and always been uh, a way that you are doing that. Um, on a presence networking and a lot of those, I was afraid of uh, one of my favorite areas that was the the what they call the theater sessions. That was those informal sessions that you have uh, regarding um, uh, regarding the MVPs like me coming into uh, the 
the lounge in this case and talking about the way that they overcome some obstacles uh, and then, then you have the breakout sessions um, I was a little bit concerned how they will pull it out like you said the other thing that when they make the announcement was only three days say oh now they will concentrate everything on three days and I was not expecting them to just pull it 24 hours of continuous working uh, for that I know that Microsoft is worldwide. They have a lot of good talent there uh, spread across the world on different time zones. Uh, a lot of those things were were pre-recorded. What makes sense because there is a lot of bandwidth usage. In nowadays, we see that. That's the challenge that they were that you were talking about because everyone now is working from home. Uh, the internet is way slower because now you are not concentrating on those offices that you have very big uh, bandwidth. Now you have yep. way more people using home and then it, it loads the internet. So we know that internet is it's a little bit slower. Uh, but there are a few things that um, I think they had all of these keynotes. Um, I kind of had the kind of a sweet and sour uh, or a mixed feelings during the uh, during the Satya's keynote, uh, I was expecting like we did last week or last week last year. I apologize. Uh, keynote when the, when he announced a lot of Azure news. Uh, in this case, uh, Azure as an infrastructure, uh, for example, not IS, but all of those news that uh, they announced, for example, service like the Azure Arc, um, the last Ignite, for example, that all of those type of, uh, that is the base for everything else regarding service. Um, I kind of miss that. Uh, um, I kind of like the way that they went it with more community driven uh, mm -hmm. way to do it. Uh, I like the part. I like the, the way that they pull the community, especially like people like me and you, MCTs, MVPs, into the help them because instead of having, I don't know what's the numbers of Ignite of last year, but I'm assuming like between 30 to 40,000 uh, physical persons there, now they reach on the hundreds. So mm -hmm. the help that they need, it's way more. And the way they, they grab that from the community was really good. I participate in a few. You, I think you participate in as well on some ask ask the questions and helping the Q&A. So I think that part was good. But enough with that, because we arranged to just talk about with our, our experience on Ignite this year for a brief moment and it's already been like 10 or over 10 minutes already. <laughs> As usual, uh, we, it's we, the time warp. It happens. Yeah, for us, time, it's, it's just a, a matter of uh, is in the air, right? <laughs> so a let's talk about uh, quantum thinking there, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about technology, okay? And based on the book of news, so for the people that they are following us, um, the book of news is nothing more than um, all is a website that they provide. If you follow news.microsoft.com and then if you're going to the Ignite 2020 uh, book of news 
or even if you search it, uh, you will find the website and you have way more detail that we are talking about over here. But basically the book of news, it's all the announcements that they concentrate on those three days. And my God was a lot of announcements. Yeah, it's a tiny scroll bar. Let me tell you. Oh, uh, there, my God. There was a lot. There's so I'm going to dive right in. Um, I'm not doing a top down on the scroll. Uh, just to, to give you a bit of warning there, Mark. <laughs> so for you, so, let's concentrate in a few things. Like what for you were the things that uh, you catch? So I liked um, private endpoints. So I'm talking about Azure AI cognitive search. So um, I think it's not limited to that scope, but uh, the private endpoint, um, it allows to connect in behind a VNet. So you can search uh, securely and uh, you can do uh, outbound private endpoint connection. Uh, and uh, you, know, you can keep everything secure between the AI and the data that's inside your virtual network uh, within Azure, right? So uh, I thought that was really cool. And kind of the special part for me, part that as you know, is near and dear to my heart, uh, RBAC. So uh, you can use uh, identities and RBAC to manage the search rights. And uh, it's just going to make it uh, a much easier, more um, natural flowing solution within the Azure environment. So for me, that one was really cool. Uh, the other one I think that uh, really stood out for me was availability zones. Yes. So uh, I'm furiously scrolling, trying to find where I saw it. In. <laughs> no, and, 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 and those, those announcements coming to uh, the parts that um, we make it, uh, that we're talking about when we're talking about to our customers, right? And when we're talking about Azure Foundations and the well-framed architecture and, and all of that, that you should, it's not because it's on Azure that you have high availability of everything. You should um, design for failures. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where you're starting to see a few of the announcements, like, like you're saying, like the zone-to-zone -zone disaster recovery, uh, for yes. example. So all of those small things that they announce, like you were saying, the availability zones, now that is been way more, um, uh, way outside of only the regions, like the part of disaster recovery, now that you only were able to do disaster recovery to another region, and now yeah. you can do to a zone. So if you are not familiar with that, um, zones or region, it's composed by different zones on the same region. So a zone basically is a data center uh, that is within um, um, a latency. That's what defines the region and what defines the zone. So meaning that now you can have, for example, on East US too, uh, or in any region, and now you can disaster recover on the same region because yeah. that allows you to just have R on the same IP range, uh, on the same subnet, something like that. You don't need to migrate to a different subnet. You can change the IPs, yes. Uh, all of that, you can do it. But you don't need to change and you don't need to carefully uh, thinking about latency to our 
different region because the latency exactly. is going to be the same. So yeah. I like I like that part as well. Sorry to to yeah. just thunder, uh, uh, oh, steal no, your it's, thunder. It's fine. I had uh, I had it uh, I had it placed, but then I moved for the AI stuff, and I I should have opened a new tab. I should learn. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things that did excite me about the availability zones was that Canada Central is included in that. So now 14 uh, Azure regions uh, have availability zones locally within each region. So uh, I know for me dealing with a lot of Canadian clients, they want to keep their data within Canada for, you know, their own reasons. And uh, that's important for each business, right? Yes, it is. But... Uh, now, instead of having to replicate to like West US or East US or US Central or, you know, wherever, um, you can have a DR zone in Canada, within uh, Canada Central. So if you're using the Toronto data centers in Canada for uh, that Azure uh, Central region, then the multiple data centers give us multiple zones, gives us a little bit of physical redundancy and allows us to do DR uh, you know, DR zone strategies within Canada Central. Um, yeah. For me, that's really important. Um, I know I now have uh, a couple of my clients that are starting to look at that because now they can uh, keep data replication within Canada because that wasn't available before. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, like these little, uh, they throw these tidbits for these updates with Book of News <laughs> from Ignite, but it, you know, this little tidbit represents this huge, huge balloon that blows up for a lot of businesses, right? Yes. So it's it's that's why it's important. So yes, uh, viewers, listeners, please uh, take a look at Book of News because uh, some of those tidbits could be really relevant um, for your your business. Yeah. Um, the other thing uh, that uh, got me excited. I don't want to talk too much about zone to zone um, resource mover. So. <laughs> uh, I yes. actually just uh, for my own blog, Azure Tracks, I did just finish a pretty big walkthrough about Azure Resource Mover. I have not published it yet, uh, but that'll be coming in the next couple of weeks after we release this. So uh, it, it, that one was really exciting um, because it's actually it's a really cool technology and the way it works. So um, in uh, in doing my demo of uh, resource mover, I learned a lot of things about it. So it creates additional resource groups. It puts uh, uh, resource locks on. It does replications. So it uses lots of other services within Azure to accomplish what we see uh, as a simple front end, the service resource mover. Uh, so you, you add some stuff to it, you go through the process and you move things uh, to a different region or a different resource group or, you know, whatever you need to do, right? So uh, it's still in public preview, not ready for uh, production rollout yet, still has the preview uh, uh, tag on it. So that's important to note, but it's actually a really cool way to move resources around within Azure. Uh, used to be we'd have to do a backup and then uh, recover to a different region, right? Um, but this allows us to accomplish it with less downtime so uh yeah really cool stuff kind of coming out of there uh what stands out for you uh i've got to pick a couple of my favorites what about yours oh i have i have a few of them uh one of them is the backup uh the azure backup now it's 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 in haste and it's it's been optimized 
as well a unified experience uh, with uh, extended to a new resource and applications um, that was one of the things but what it was and by a, a luck I, I was able to find it um, and I was watching uh, in this case the Wef Wesley um, session uh, it was the um, this new thing called Azure Auto Manage um, mm. and that for me was I got really really uh, pumped because Azure Auto Manage it's a very cool feature that they announce to simplify the manage of the Windows Server virtual machines okay this ties really nice to a lot of things that we've been doing uh, and we've been scripting because it ties with PowerShell desired state configuration um, as well but now it goes to a different level it goes to Azure right and now you can you can create all of that so for the people that doesn't know what Azure Auto Manage is basically is imagine that you are deploying several virtual machines uh, in this case Windows virtual machines uh, that you have all of those um, ways to do it so for example you add that virtual machine uh, to the um, Azure um, uh, backup uh, you add that virtual machine to a disaster recovery you add that virtual machine to the Azure monitor to for monitoring that virtual machine you add that virtual machine to uh, Azure security so all of those uh, different services that Azure have and you manually have to add it um, when you're doing this you are just making that a little bit I was able to do that on scripting so I was able to do that by running a script and add that to the to the Azure all of those services right now with Azure Auto Manage you can create policies you can attach those policies to a to a resource um, to a, a policies in this case on your uh, subscription and depending on what you're doing for example on test you don't need backup for assuming that you need backup but you want to still monitoring but you don't need disaster recovery for example so now you can grab different policies apply that to Azure policy that is huge and then to management groups um, that now you basically when you add a new virtual machine automatically adds to that services so it simplifies your way to manage and simplifies and gives you the delta that you have it's almost like the same kind of way that uh, you have the desired state configuration the DSC Mm -hmm. but apply to virtual machines and apply to Azure with a very simple way to do it. So you can have now policies uh, and I've been working on that since they announced uh, and I know that this has been a delay of, of releasing this video but we were really busy at that time. Um, uh, but since then I've been working and I've been adjusting all my scripting um, to this and now I have a set of policies that I deploy to these management groups and basically you can you you can very easily 
um, standardize your deployment of Windows Virtual Machines. So <laughs> it's pretty cool uh, to do it to the life cycle of your uh, virtual machines. Uh, doesn't matter where you are, uh, if it's dev, test, if it's production. So it's pretty far, pretty powerful. And I, I did see that in conjunction to the Windows Admin Center. I, mm. I'm in love with that. I have on my own lab, uh, Windows Admin Center, and the way that you can manage both worlds, in this case, Windows Virtual Machines, um, especially if you have Hyper-V and Azure and all of that and the clusters and all of that. And now was one of the things that I always tell to my clients is, okay, let's, if you have Windows on your environment and all my clients have Windows, um, you can manage that as well by Windows Admin Center. All the mm -hmm. old server manager, it's, it's all, this is the new way to do it. But they were missing one part that was, uh, yeah, but I still have to deploy a VM uh, to deploy the Windows Admin Center or at least doing that. So now the big announcement is now you have Windows Admin Center on the Azure portal. Yeah, that was, so, a, that was a big announcement because like you said, it's the modern iteration of server manager, right? Yeah, it and is. It allows you to bring um, hybrid environments. Uh, that's pretty cool. So you can do on-premises virtualization yeah. and uh, Azure virtualization, manage all of these things in one, uh, one spot. I don't like the phrase, but it does give us that single pane of glass uh, so it saves time. It makes yeah. it more efficient. And, you know, let's face it, administrators are busy people. Um, you know, they have a lot of demands on them these days, especially uh, with providing fast turnaround. So, uh, you know, we're talking topically about Ignite, and it was a 24-hour-a-day operation this year, like many businesses. So, uh, you know, you may have, as an administrator, worldwide staff that are consuming services from your systems, and uh, much the same as in Azure, we have to provide fast, good, uh, timely service for our customers and clients. And that matters, top down, uh, it matters. I 100% agree with you. And, and we've been working on a several projects together. And you know that one of the ways that I like to always leave that customer is with tools that they will use or they see the value with. Mm -hmm. And Windows Admin Center is always one of them that I always like to 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 spend time. It's not a waste of time at all. It's spend time so they can see the value of that tool doing the daily, daily tasks. Um, and being like this, it's way simpler because now I can I, I, I can show them there. And it's not because on Azure that I cannot still manage my uh, on-premise VMs, in this case in Windows, uh, there is no no problem with that. It's it's really cool. But another thing, just going to another thing that I, uh, uh, is dear to my heart with all the works that, that we are doing, that is the migration to Azure. A lot of improvements there. Linux migration has always been... <laughs> you know where I'm where I'm going with that's this. That's a lot of fun, right there. That's <laughs> a that's a big bundle of. Uh, I I need a, not a bottle but a case of whiskey to handle those <laughs> ones. Yeah. 
now it's easier. So they, they, they make it the Linux migration to, uh, to Azure way easier. So Azure migrate services been improved a lot. Um, uh, there is new capabilities on that. Uh, there is uh, the Azure migrate did announce now a gentler agentless software It's always mm -hmm. been a problem. Uh, when we go into the customer say, hey, Mr. Customer, now you need to deploy this agent to thousands of VMs or thousands of, of, of um, yeah, workloads. In, inevitably, you've got a couple of DLL conflicts and you have to And it's resolve not only it. that, it's like, okay, and then it's conversations, you know where I'm going with this. What is the performance impact of that agent on my machine? Uh, now I have to deploy all of this. There is a shutdown. Oh, I don't trust that. Now I need to open a change. Uh, now I need to open this. And now it just basically delays everything by weeks. And depending on the customers that, that I've been and you as well, uh, by months. Uh, mm -hmm. With these agentless, there is, is an agentless. So there is no agent. Period. End of conversation. Let's migrate that workload. Let's do the analysis. Let's do the assessment. Okay, ready to go? Ready to go. We don't need to program these weeks in advance or months in advance. So agentless, it's 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 good for the inventory and the in this case dependency mapping that you are doing on, on all of that. Um, that's the part that I like as well. Regarding there are a lot of other things. Um, regarding IoT uh, now we have we had AT and T then bring cellular to Azure Sphere. Jet um, mm -hmm. was a, sh a shameless plague to IoT that I always like. Um, we have now integration on Azure networking with Cisco. Um, mm -hmm. That was really cool. Uh, on the virtual desktops, you have the capability of the new Windows virtual desktops to accelerate that. So it's a kind of a 2.0 uh, almost, uh, the WVD, right? That mm -hmm. during this COVID-19 has been really, really key. And, um, what, uh, oh, and I almost forgot that. Now we, we used to have Azure and Azure government, right? Mm -hmm. So there were two subsets of Azure. Now they have, they created, uh, I think it's until the end of October, something like that, uh, that they will announce the Azure Healthcare, Microsoft Cloud for Healthcare. So well, basically- guess what? That actually came out today. It's uh, fresh, hot off the press for really? uh, today. Azure Healthcare has now hit public release. So, <laughs> see? This is the good way that we're doing the book of news. This is supposed to be in September. Uh, it has happened in September Ignite. Now that we are in October, the, almost the end of October, almost a month after that, we are still reviewing that. But it's it's good to, to talk about that regarding what is the news related to the business that we always like, like to talk about it. Well, one other thing um, I wanted to mention in Book of News for Azure uh, was also uh, Azure App Service Migration Assistant. So uh, I remember uh, working with a client and they had some Tomcat 
uh, servers running different custom in-house uh, applications that they used for you know, various means of data collection and interaction uh, in that organization. Really couldn't migrate that very easily uh, to the cloud. So uh, we had to, at that time, do uh, kind of the cold uh, full rebuild, right? So yeah. now the migration, uh, the app migration uh, tool allows uh, customers to migrate uh, Tomcat apps and your destination can be a Windows or Linux. So really flexible, um, kind of a, a, again, you know, the small announcements uh, turned into these big implications in the real world, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that one was actually kind of cool too. So, um, you know, for a long time, Microsoft's been doing a lot of cross-platform uh, projects, uh, yeah. you know, turning, uh, turning these little tidbits into big services. So, uh, you know, the fact that they take uh, the traditional Linux Tomcat server and now uh, uh, your destination, of course, it's been available on Windows for a good long time as well. But uh, the fact that you can migrate that using an automation tool uh, for Azure App Service, I think that's going to help uh, quite a lot of customers, actually. I know I would have uh, loved to have had that <laughs> in the past, but that's yeah. okay. On a so few the, projects the, back, right? <laughs> oh, exactly right. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the, the the hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? So, yeah, um, I think the other thing was, um, you know, you have recently been embarking on a, a journey of uh, expanding your programming knowledge. Uh, we were chatting a bit yesterday about that, but uh, for me, I started out as a developer um, a couple years ago, <laughs> and. Uh, one of the things I liked uh, was the Visual Studio 2019 support for GitHub code spaces. So uh, now it's into beta. Um, I'm not a big user of GitHub, uh, and I'm going to say yet, because uh, I, I still see a lot of uh, companies that misuse the technology. So I feel a bit apprehensive about it. However, there's huge advantages to GitHub and uh, it allows for a lot of, um, well, the CICD pipelines really, right? So continuous improvement, continuous deployment. Um, a lot of that can be fed through GitHub repositories. So now uh, we're just working on expanding that um, and how it works in the real world, right? So uh, makes, uh, you know, the CICD uh, ecosystems a lot more um, friendly and uh, even faster to move things into production uh, using the GitHub code spaces. But I digress. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. That's that's the idea. And they, they I don't know if they released that during during Ignite or not. Uh, the .NET 5, it was the release candidate, right? That was available on, um, on the uh, Ignite. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, and that's that's a new way to just go more to the cloud with .NET framework. In this case, version five. Um, yeah, and again, um, this was a lot of news, uh, a lot of things that I I, I like it uh, on this Ignite is always good to have all of this. I hope that for next year we come back again to the um, the physical one uh, to be on present there. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I hope not. 
uh, that the Microsoft will not continue this virtual one. Uh, I understand that it spreads the message way better, but again, like we discussed, me and you, we like to be there. We like to, to be with our partners, um, um, well, there's our, a, there's other a lot people. Of, yeah. Yeah. There's the in-person um, relationships and, you know, as much as technology does bridge the gap, um, for me, in my mind, it is still a gap. And, uh, you know, there is no substitute for uh, meeting face to face, sitting down and having a coffee or a beer. Uh, I'm not talking about getting the free T-shirts and hats from vendors. I mean, that's cool, but, uh, you know, it's so powerful. And uh, as you know, I have a, I have uh, a couple soft spots as I age now. <laughs> but um, uh, one of my soft spots is really for the Microsoft family. And being able to meet these people that I've learned from for so many years, um, you know, the people who are writing the TechNet articles, authoring uh, Microsoft Learn training content, uh, being able to go and meet those people as a, a user of Microsoft stuff, um, that's freaking magical, uh, it honestly. It is, I don't know how to express it any other way. Uh, it's, it's both scary and exciting. It's like meeting your idols and all of these Microsoft stars, um, but then also realizing they're regular people that are just really working hard um, but they're so good at their jobs. Yes. So it, it's amazing. Um, honestly, it, it does inspire me. And for me, I think that's a lot of what Ignite is. Uh, yeah. Sharing that passion, um, sharing that inspiration with others. You know, uh, I remember when we were uh, physically together at Ignite a couple of years ago. Um, it was, you know, first of all, a big learning curve for me. Um, that was my first big conference. I'd been to a few smaller ones, but man, that was huge. Uh, I did learn, I think I'll buy rollerblades. Um, that's for <laughs> good something. Yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, uh, and a lot of other Microsoft MVPs, uh, really have been very open with me and you've shared a lot with me, but, uh, for me, that embodies the spirit of the Microsoft family and, you know, that kind of openness and uh, sharing and uh, letting other people light that flame and, and start to burn brightly. Um, I'm so grateful for all of yeah. the things that the Microsoft family has done uh, and selfishly for me. But I love also knowing that I get to do that for others, too. So, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Ignite is about learning. It's about that human interaction, sharing that passion. And yeah, I'm excited for 2021 already. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and I have to confess, one of my struggles that I had is I've been on Ignite and all of these events. Previous Ignite was TechEd since 2005, if I remember correctly. So it's been like 15 years. That I've been, I never mess, I never miss one, and at that time was TechEd Europe, uh, when I was living in, still in Europe, and then TechNet North America. Now it's Ignite only, um, that is one event per year that I always attend, besides the MVP Summit. But uh, one of the things that I, I did struggle this year, I have to confess, was I was on my 
workplace that is my home that is my home office and by enabling having teams open and by email open as well uh, you always don't pay a hundred percent attention um, to all of those um, sessions that you are trying to do it you always kind of go back jump back and forth from what email that is receiving your customers and everything else that, that and work that you needs to be done um but it was my week usually i reserve that week and i i plan the week ahead that i'm saying to all my customers hey, i will be available but only for emergencies but this is my non-working week this is my learning week and that mindset that when you took the plane and going to where it is the the, the conference um it kind of switch your mindset that now right. you are you are on the learning sharing mode um in this case particular for me um that you will learn you will share you will communicate and you will share experience and you will get other experience and you always learn a tons uh, it doesn't matter how level you are, you always learn a ton. Different ways to do it, the same thing. And it can spark you new ideas. It can spark you to to new um, technology and everything else that I always uh, like about Ignite. And it that is the part that I did struggle, I did miss the most. It was that, like taking off of, of my working environment that is my home office, be able to attend. Yes, I was able to watch uh, some sessions before I went to bed. Cool. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I missed that part. Uh, I hope that Microsoft and the world can, can recover from all of this mess. Um, mm -hmm. and we next year we'll be together and joining a nice beer because I did drink my beer as well, uh, but was a different, a different way. And that's my, my two cents that I would like to say, uh, exactly. or express in this case. But yeah, yeah I think, uh, I think you're, you know, you're right. Uh, sometimes I get, uh, what I like to refer to now as passionate, a little yeah. excited about things, Yeah. but, um, yeah, I did miss the in-person and um, I really liked your points about um, kind of isolating and paying attention to the learning. So, uh, you know, first of all, it's a bit of respect as well, because uh, the people presenting have worked very hard to make their presentations and they're trying to share their knowledge with the rest of us. So uh, for me, I want to respect their time and effort and pay attention to their materials when I'm in that session. Um, and it, it, when you're there, it's easy. Uh, because you don't care about your phone, even if it is buzzing in your pocket, you're, you're watching, you know, Mark Rasanovich talking about technology, uh, and yeah. it's, it's amazing. Uh, and on, you know, on Mark Rasanovich sessions, you really need to pay attention. You, you do. They move fast <laughs> and, uh, they're sometimes extremely technical. So you have yeah. to tune in pretty yeah. close. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, I think uh, next year is uh, what, 11, 10, 11 months away uh, still. And uh, I'm excited about it. I'm going to stay optimistic. 
um, that's a bit of who I am. I just want to think about the, the good things. And you know what? We'll all be together. Um, that's how I feel. Yeah. So if we get to do it in person, oh, big win. Uh, if we have to do, uh, you know, Teams meeting, then, you know, that's okay. Because I'll still be together with all of the Microsoft family. So I, I thought Ignite was kind of cool this year, a different flavor. Um, had some fun times, had some things I wish we did in person. But you know what? Um, we did bridge the gap. And I look forward to Ignite 2021. It's going to yeah. be so cool. Me too. So, friends, thank you. Thank you one more time for listening to another Azure Centric podcast. Um, Andrew has been already a, a kind of a, a second, a second me, mini me. <laughs> it's it's a it's a taller me than me. That's okay. So it's going to be the <laughs> the big me selling of the mini me. <laughs> But I'm not that tall. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you are taller than me. That's that's not a difficult thing, but that's okay. Uh, that's a good thing about about this video. No one knows. Uh, I think I I, I put <laughs> exactly. Oops. I, I'm a, yeah. That's the beauty of of this uh, of these videos and these podcasts. Uh, so once again, thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope that you subscribe. Um, to our uh, podcast, we have a new way now that me and Andrew going to talk about weekly about the Azure news. Um, this was way over uh, delayed uh, session that we want to do it. We've been talking, but we 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 were really busy uh, after Ignite as usual because all the customers they listen all the news and they listen all the releases say. Can we implement this today? I say, but you didn't achieve that maturity that you want. And a lot of those things are still in preview and you should not deploy that in production. Uh, that goes to another conversation, probably another, yeah. another, another podcast that we need to talk about it. It's why you should not, um, <laughs> why you should not implement preview features on Azure in production environments. Um, but yeah, um, but thank you once again. Uh, thank you, Andrew, uh, for being part of this, uh, another podcast of Azure Centric. See you guys on the next episode and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Thanks, Marcos. <laughs>